Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Josue Cardona, and I'm joined by Link Keller. Hello. Laura Taylor. Hey. And Mark Quides. Hello. Mark, it is your turn this week. It is my turn. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. for this one, and I posted this about in the Discord very, very briefly, where I said, mm-hmm. I think I'm having an existential crisis. So I kind of wanted to hear your guys' opinions on this. We have an existential (laughs) crisis on this show like every week. That is true. You're in the right place. (laughs) After all 300 of them, I'm I'm well-versed in your existential crises. Um, So this came up in my last therapy session um, where I was talking about the ideas of change because... um, you know, growing up, um, dealing with all the crap I've had to go through, um, I've always made the conscious choices to be the exact opposite of what I grew up with. So um, instead of like hiding my emotions, I chose to openly show them and let them be seen. Instead of being closed off or aggressive, I was calm and kind and empathetic and, and so on and so forth. But now... Um, as I'm getting older, I'm sort of realizing that I'm kind of falling into patterns that I've seen before, um, you know, growing up. And I was like, the question that came up was, are we as people and humans really like blank canvases where we can choose to change and create ourselves however we so choose? Or is there some sort of like predetermined behaviors that we kind of learn as, you know, we're babbies and into young children um, that no matter how hard we try to change those things or, or better them or in whatever the case is, there are still hints of those always going to like, that are always going to kind of shine through and kind of be seen. And it's just something that's like you're kind of stuck with. Oh, welcome not, to GT not, Radio. We're getting philosophical here. Basically, this, this not is not a this tough is question at all, Mark. Nature versus nurture. I will I will share that uh, I, too, have been motivated throughout my entire life by what I call negative role models. I don't know if that's the, 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 the I don't I don't think that's like the correct term, but that's what I've always called them. So I've tried to be the opposite of a bunch of people uh, who, who raised me. A what? Anti role model, role anti model. Mm. So, something mm. in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. A roll away mm. model. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know, but but I've used that term a lot. A nat one model. <laughs> but but I too have uh, learned that I am more like some of those people than I thought, and it it is it was not uh, a happy realization at all. So I mean, I've always I've always looked to, to fictional characters as as role models. Those have always like because in my real life I've never had, you know, like people close to me who who I felt were were role models, and um, I yeah yeah no I'm those are my initial thoughts while I uh, sit over here in this corner and process a bit. Somebody else talk. <laughs> Uh, my initial thought is that I think it's a combination of both, right? We can change. We're, I'm a therapist. I think people can change. Otherwise, why bother? Um, if you're going with that painting metaphor, maybe we're not a blank canvas. Maybe someone painted an oil painting and the oil is still malleable and we can move it around and change it and make it different and it can look different. But those things are still there and influence us whether we like it or not. I don't know. That That's my thought. Link. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, I, I also come from a background of having people close to me that I... Um, especially as a teenager, was very vehemently like, that's what not to do. I'm going to do whatever that is not. Um, And uh, 
uh, have coped with moments in my life where realizations <laughs> that when you are in novel situations, you don't have a lot of time to think about stuff and you react in the moment and you realize that that reaction is based off of that playbook that you didn't want to use, but that's the playbook that you had. And it takes a lot of introspection to be able to recognize when that is happening in the moment. Um, I don't know if I'm very good at it. <laughs> this is something, you know, I think that that's probably a lifelong training thing. Um, but people, people are capable of change. I would say that f firmly, people are capable of change. I think even when we are recreating behaviors that because the context of our own life is different, that the behaviors are different because of that context. Now, it can have outcomes that are positive or negative, mixed bag, usually mixed bag. Um, but I think it is so important to remember that the context matters, that even if you are recreating shitty behaviors of your parents like that was in the 90s 80s 70s it's like now we're now and that just to be us... clear no one here was alive in the 70s i yeah. was talking about our, pa our parents I, okay okay i am a month older than you stop it i'm gonna keep defending myself because they called me old last week <laughs> I, th I think, honestly, one of the, the big reframing moments for me was realizing that a lot of the stuff, it's the same. It's the same for our parents, right? That they did things that they swore to themselves that they would never do because their parents did it to them. And you just unconsciously, you do it. You pass it on. You express anger at a situation that really doesn't require anger, because that's the shorthand that you learned from your dad. Uh, <laughs> really showing myself there. Um, <laughs> but I think... Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Hypothetical situation. I, th I think having that realization of like, this happens to literally everybody really helped me be more compassionate towards myself, which that compassion gives space for me to actually have that moment of introspection and, you know, next time be able to be like, oh, uh, I'm getting that feeling right now that I'm about to do something that is based in in the past and it doesn't need to be. I can I can take this moment and, and change. I can do something different. I can make a different choice. But it definitely, it took a lot of years and a lot of, really trying to see specifically parents as real multifaceted people who have all of the same bullshit from their history that affects who they are currently. And that is, that is me, that is my parents, that is my grandparents, that is their parents. We're all it's just doing Abuela, our best. The Madrigals. <laughs> Absolutely. Great example right there. Mark, are we, are we, uh, I know, I think there's two different things, right? I, I know I said nature versus nurture at the beginning and kind of we're talking about our parents and, and, and the playbook that, uh, I, I, I like the way you said that link. It's like, it's the one we have. So like, you know, mm -hmm. what, what else were we going to do? Um, uh, but I think that that's, that it's not necessarily this, the same, like it, it can be separated from just the idea of, of change uh, like behavior change um belief change you know there's so many things that, that you 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 can change so i'm curious if you're you're coming at it from uh from like struggling to change particular uh behaviors or aspects of your life that you feel are are maybe difficult because of the way you were, were brought up and then or, or are you thinking like it's more like oh, 
I'm programmed this way. I mean, what am I going to do? Like that's, 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 that's the, that's how I was coded <laughs> when I was, when I was born. So like, w- yeah. where do you want to go with this and, and kind of where are you now? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think with the way, with the way Link was saying everything, it, it kind of made me have some sort of realization moments because with, with the playbook, with the whole playbook idea, yeah. it, it made me sort of realize something that like, the reason I feel like why I'm kind of struggling with these things is because I mean, I mean, this Friday I'm I'm going to be married, um, which is all happy fun time stuff, which is it's great and I'm excited for it. However, two days before your wedding, you're here with us. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Consider this my bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of this episode. <laughs> the bachelor party. Oh, I love it. Um, so. But like the the thing is, is that like you know, like with my dad, like he's one of those people that often withheld like a lot of his emotions, and then when whenever he did express emotion, it was usually like frustration or or, or irritation. And recently, that's what I've started noticing in myself, where I'm finding myself withholding a lot of emotion and trying to like maybe solve a problem or or take care of an issue that's going on in the house, like. You know, I had to try to replace like a whole shower arm and fix my shower, um, which was a big pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. Um, But like going into it now, like knowing that I'm about to take this huge step, I find like now I'm sort of like going through his playbook. Like, all right, what do I do next? Like, how do I do this? Like, how does one be a quote unquote husband? And the only reference that I have is really shitty role models. So with you, with Link saying like the, the playbook, it's like, oh, well, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, but I remember when I when I pitched this topic, I, you know, there's a couple things. There's like a couple shows um, that we all have all have heard, all have seen, all have loved. Um, it's like The Good Place and Steven Universe, two big shows that kind of really touch on the idea of, of change and like this ability to sort of change so like steven universe is is more of a i would say is more of a positive like take on it of like yeah everybody is capable of change and you know it doesn't matter what your past is you have the power to to change what your future is going to be whereas the good place talks more about like we are so ingrained into these behaviors and it takes a great deal amount of effort it shows like the effort it takes to make these changes and how to make them more permanent and and for the better you know should you want to go that route um so i mean like i don't know i'm kind of curious in like what you guys are sort of thinking about like that idea of like is it like something that like oh every like you know laura you were saying that like everybody's capable of it or you know that's that's your thought because otherwise what's the point of being a therapist um you know, so that that I'm just kind of curious to see, like, what where where you guys are are sort of on this whole spectrum of change. Well, I I, I have a question for you before I answer that one, which is what? So you 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 had a father that was a you know you're saying like was maybe not the best example for the kind of husband you want to be, mm-hmm. and you said you know you didn't have any other examples. Is I think your brain is going where my brain. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. do you have, like, were there ever any husbands that you saw, real or fictional, that you thought, damn, I wish my dad was like that? Or, oh, I, like, if I, when I grow up, I want to be, I want to be like that because that would, that would be great. No. My immediate thought was, <laughs> like, when I was a child, how many stories I read about orphans. <laughs> you're like "Mm, yeah man i wish i could be like that oh ouch no i or you know i me with percy jackson you know uh (laughs) tricking in in the first book you have a horrible stepdad and then throughout the rest of the series you have a very distant and absent dad that hey he's there just so you know interesting because yeah my brain went the same place this way because you brought up like you turn to fictional characters for, for role models. And like, I think about my own relationship and there were no like 
model like I had my my mom was a model of how to be a wife but that's in a straight relationship that's very different um and it brings me back to the fosters and how Lena and Steph the moms on that show were like me and Nina's like relationship goals that is like goals right there I mean yes there's a lot of like fighting and possible like infidelity and all kinds of things but like the foster children and and so (laughs) many so many foster children so many foster children but like the idea of the way they supported each other and the way they solved their problems toward the end which is different change in the beginning they weren't talking to each other they weren't having like these important conversations they would just have feelings and do things on their own and then later they would talk to in toward the end of the show talk to each other but like that was goals that was what i could look to and be like there is a relationship that i could model myself after um i mean my parents relationship was okay but it was cut short when my mom died so i i I have the idealized version of that. So I don't have the realities of like what happens when people argue in a marriage or things like that. So, um, yeah, fictional characters, finding those, finding Uh, those people that you want to be like. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm all for suggestions because growing up, I had like none of that. Um, Granted, uh, I was exposed to a lot of, um, media that probably was not suitable for my age, um, like Adult Swim, for example. Um, <laughs> I so thought you wanted to talk about porn. No, 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 no. I'm talking like <laughs> South Park and in, in okay. Family Guy and Futurama. Where so that that is why where where media has steered you wrong. <laughs> yes, yes, it has. Um, I mean, like in terms of like personal role models that I had the fictional characters, like you know Spider Man and. Um, just kind of superheroes in general. Um, but in terms of like what a family is supposed to look like or like what a um, like a husband is supposed to be like and, you know, as like a goals thing, never really saw a lot of that. Just go watch This Is Us. There's plenty of examples. <laughs> I just watched an episode <clears throat> called Three Dads. Is it four dads? Three dads? I, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm. You're on the final season. I'm not that. I am far. on the final season. I'm, I'm on not the that final. far ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm on called, the final it, season, but like the third episode. But it's something. Like, it's like four fathers, and it's like mm-hmm. you know across time, all these different fathers. You know, and it uh, shows that not all of them are perfect. All of them screw up in their marriages, their relationships, their being a parent, but most of them learn from their mistakes. Most of them. Most hmm. of them. <laughs> hmm. I'm thinking. This has me thinking on on like we like drama, right? Like like there isn't like a there's no soap opera of people just living like a drama free life of of mm-hmm. people who are perfect. Like that's that's boring. boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't go anywhere. Um, I don't, when when Bob Saget died recently, I remember remembering like I remember because my parents got divorced and I, I didn't live with with my dad. Like I don't know, like Danny Tanner like reminded me like he kind of looked like my dad and like he was like he he kind of played that role. Like like I would just I saw my father in that and I wished that he was around to just you know be part of the hijinks of the house. You know like like Full House is pretty tame right as far as like drama goes but there's most all of the kinds time. of shenanigans in the house for yeah, sure. yeah 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 but it's very you know like 90s the kind of wholesome um except for the psa episode but you know other than that it's uh so like i remember i remember that recently when when he passed away i was really sad because it was it was like a part of my dad died like a version of him that was a part of my life for a while but there aren't many i, I, I that's the only one that i can think of um, that was like that. That's interesting because Bob Saget is very much not Danny Tanner. Oh, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, they're like completely different um, things in my head too. Um, yeah, but hmm. Even then, like I look back when I was younger, I looked at like Jesse and Rebecca on Full House as a as a relationship to like 
be the end of relationship. Like they were the perfect couple, right? Um, on that show, anyway. Uh, so, hmm. yeah. Hmm. 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 <sighs> yeah. So I feel like there's definitely a connection between the '90s prevalence of sitcoms with families that are not necessarily nuclear family but are happy families and Mm -hmm. also the prevalence of like latchkey kids of the 90s (laughs) and how I do not think that this is an abnormal experience where people are like watching those shows and it's like I wish that my parents were like that Mm mm-hmm those are the role models I'm looking towards is the the media that I'm seeing because that's what's actually present in my life. I can't remember what it... No, I do remember now what it was. Nina and I were watching an episode of Supergirl when we were catching up on it a few months ago. And there was a scene between Kara and Alex. And Kara has this moment with her sister, like, just like pouring her heart out and they have this sweet relationship and I was just like and my sister and I are close but we don't talk about a lot of things and I told Nina like I've never had anyone close to me give me a pep talk like like, I know my family supports me and all the things I do but I've never had that kind of moment where someone in my family has given me a pep talk and said you've got this I know you've got this you're a wonderful person nobody's done that and so it's not the change thing, but like these relationships that we want in our lives, we can see them there. Um, and it can but, be sad and also healing. I don't know. But if, but if you didn't have that, do you find yourself doing that for other people? Absolutely. It's part of your job. <laughs> I mean, it's part of my job, but even outside of my job, I do that all the time with my friends. Because nobody did it for because you? Because nobody did it for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, there was a, a <laughs> long time I, I have been called like the mom friend in, mm-hmm. in my friend group. And a lot of that uh, is recognition that I was enacting the behaviors towards people I loved in a way that I did not receive when I was younger. Uh, So you're not just working off of the playbook. You're working against the playbook as well. (laughs) You're off script. Not following Mm. the plays. Uh, On your own audibles. (laughs) Yeah. But no. Same here. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I find myself doing constantly because no one ever did for me. And I decided at some point, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and I, I, in terms of change, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure that that's always what, what I've struggled with more recently is that because the, the blueprint that I had was, I rejected it so hard (laughs) I went, I went too hard in the opposite direction. Like I, like I, like I tried to create an idealized version. And so there was like, I'm still figuring out what a a healthy, sustainable version of some of those behaviors is because I'm like compensating so hard for, for that. But at that point, then I've created, I've created something that now I'm struggling to change. Right? Like, like my, my reaction was to do the complete opposite. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, like it got to the point where, it, uh, you know, it, 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 it could be a little much. I think, And that... then you're like on autopilot, but like realizing mm-hmm. it and then being able to start changing it. Can you? Yes. <laughs> I, th- I believe so. <laughs> I, I think I'm in a position where, um, like I'm, re- I am able to recognize like the positive traits that like my dad did have um when you know when he was actually being a dad um like there were there were positives there and i think that there are some positive traits that i'm trying to like 
to embrace and to accept. It's just, I think it, it, when it comes to trying to take on some of his traits, it's almost so like integrated together, like the positives and the negatives that I can't take one without taking on the other. So while I might try to take on some of his more like calm and endearing like educational traits because like he would be the one the kind of person that like take this time and like slow down go step by step and showing me how to to do a thing or to fix a thing um like those are traits that i try to take on and like even at my workplace that there was a time when um they all said i gave off major dad vibes um which was something considering they're like 14 and i'm 25 but you know, like it was just my way of like trying to like be the be the like the coach that they they I know that they needed, um, and I guess I just kind of came off in a more fatherly way. But like, it's like me trying to embrace those aspects of my dad that now I'm sort of unconsciously starting to take on more than just that, and that's where like the negativity stuff, like the negative stuff, starts coming through, like like my inability to showcase my emotions except for when I'm frustrated or irritated and then I I snap at somebody or or I just kind of like shrug it off and dismiss it because it's like okay whatever I'm I'm not I'm not here to listen to this I'm just going to keep doing my own thing and then I get defensive or and then or I might start an argument just for the sake of starting an argument um so like it's like I'm trying to change myself and trying to like accept some things but at the same time it's like like i said there's they're so interwoven and so connected like i I, it's so hard for me to see him in one light without without acknowledging the other that it's become almost impossible to to differentiate the two so now i'm like i'm trying to do one good thing but now i'm also taking on this bad thing so i asked you before about like when you were younger and and you looked for a, a a uh, representation, a positive representation of a, of a father, and like you, you didn't have it. Do you have representations of of even just qualities that you wish you had or had more of from different characters, like Spider Man, for example? Maybe Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. Good old Uncle Ben. Um, I think he, especially in the in Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I feel like that Uncle Ben kind of gave me more of like that kind of like what that um like stern but patient and loving father that like I was looking for in, in my life, something that was stable, something that was always there, someone who was dependable. Um like that's kind of like the the role model that I was looking for in terms of like a father figure. Um and so, like, that's kind of, like, it, it sounds kind of, you know, when I think about how much Spider-Man has influenced me, I, I never really stopped to think about, wow, even Uncle Ben has influenced my life because that's kind of, like, how I want to be as if I were to ever become a, de- a father. Like, those are the qualities that I would want it is someone kind of like an Uncle Ben where I'm there and I'm trying to teach and educate and be you know, stern about, you know, the boundaries that I have set and and the rules and expectations while also being patient, being loving, being caring and, you know, kind of showcasing the the softer side of things instead of just trying to be this macho person and and given to the uh, idea of like machismo that I know that my dad's side of the family especially really, you know, kind of emphasizes even if they don't intentionally try to. Don't forget having a catchphrase that permeates pop culture mm-hmm. For, mm-hmm. for for a century. Exactly. Yeah. That, this, one of those. This is the only thing I really want from a father figure is one really <laughs> banging catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Now, to quote my the father. The bar is so low. <laughs> that if anyone power. says it in a movie, they die. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, um... As you were describing that, that reminds me a lot of uh, Clark in Superman and Lois. Um, 
dependable dad, even though, yeah, he gets called away all the time and he's torn between helping his family and helping others, but he's always there for his kids. He, when it comes down to it, um, he and Lois work things out and, and talk about things and he shows emotion and he explains his to his kids why things are the way they are. He has these great teachable moments with them and he's stern and also soft and caring and you can have both um yeah. superman right like, there's there's a, a a version of the of a conversation about superman where he's like he's a goody two-shoes he's a boy scout he's like he's kind of boring as a, as a hero because of because of these things and that tv show doubles down on it like you're gonna see how good he is not only like as Superman, but as a father, as a husband, and he, but he also a, is fallible, and he makes mistakes. <laughs> he's still, he's still like, um, he's still up J- there, Jack, uh, in in this is us levels of like mm-hmm. idealization. But even uh, then, Jack makes mistakes. <laughs> true, true, but but like they're, they're showcasing these like perfect, and and actually the show. Both shows actually um, talk about the kind of the shadow um, uh, that like, the kids are in, right? Yeah, because their fathers are so great, um, and kind of like the pressure of of kind of meeting that, which is like the complete opposite of what any of us are, mm-hmm. <laughs> are kind of uh, uh, addressing here. Um, there is no no perfect version of uh, of this, and in some um, ways, you see that with Uncle Ben, it like. Peter Parker is in his shadow because he was such a good guy. And in the Tobey Maguire version, he feels like it's his fault, you know? This makes me think that, I mean, just the effect... I'm sorry, Mark. Like, I don't. I think we're so far for like just just the. the we the went a piece. different way, yeah. But it's it's the this influence. Is a, this is a very of, interesting way, and I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> it's the influence of these people who are close to us. Like it's not just. Um, I mean, the the version uh, in our minds and the version that influences us is is how real is it and how you know like we can we may emphasize the good or we may emphasize the bad um, and and it becomes this power um, uh, th- this huge influence. But like that's what bothers me the most. I wish. I, or at least I've always tried to think of it as like, these people should not have any more influence over my life than anybody else. And it bothers me that they do. <laughs> and, but, but they are right. There are parents, there are grandparents, there are family. And, and I think for me, a big part of not just changing, but what I'm thinking is like growing in a more healthy way or changing in a healthy way has been kind of getting, accepting that they're like i don't have to be like them and also the influence that they have over me is mostly in here like there there are things that i i I think of and i and i and i've confronted my parents about that aren't actually even true like just the version in my head was a certain way and like it wasn't actually that and i also understand a lot of their decisions like i think you talked about that a little as well like i understand them a lot better now as i've gotten older than i did before and so I also see a lot of things very differently than than I did before, but like in a, in a way the damage is done because because the the influence of that version was so uh, great for for a long time. So for for me, a big part of changing those behaviors and and even pieces of myself has been uh, trying to reach, trying to understand those things a little better, but also understanding learning that uh, just like i can't change other people right like what's like the the, it's it's done and like it doesn't have to continue to 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 influence me i think i think there are so many experiences that we have that are the same as our parents because because we're we're moving in the same direction, we're living in the same world, in the same country. Like there are a lot of things that will come up that are that are kind of very similar. But then we don't we don't. If you can have that uh, insight, or uh, 
even better if you have someone else who can help point that out for you, like a therapist or a good friend, um, you know, and just help you see things from a different perspective or just tell you at the right time, like, you know, you have other options. <laughs> it's not just the ones that you're considering. Um, all of those things have helped me get to crossroads, you know, and that, that I didn't even know were there. I'll give you an example. Recently, uh, my mom was telling me something and I told her, stop, 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 stop. That's the voice in my head. That's exactly like, now I know, I was like, I can't listen to you. I cannot listen to what you're saying. And she got so upset with me. But I was like, I cannot listen to what you're saying because I believe exactly what you believe. Like, that's what I've been telling myself in my head this whole time. And now that I heard you say the words, I know that this is, I understand where this is coming from and hearing you say it, <laughs> like it doesn't have to be that way. Like I, I wouldn't tell you the same thing. And it was such a weird meta experience of like learning where that, where that voice in my head was, was coming from, where, where it, in a way like, yes, it's me, it's my voice in my head, but I, 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 I so obviously saw this is the way we were raised. This is the way we all think. And I forget that I don't have to think this way. And, and I even, <laughs> I re, like, I reverted back and I had the opposite conversation with someone else. And I was so I was like, I was you in this conversation last week, but like, with my mom, like I still, even though I had the realization, like I needed to practice it I, and I need to continue to practice it to kind of, to get out of that, of that, um, behavior mode, <laughs> movement stuff. I think we're br yeah. brushing up against an idea that I think is really important to talk about is that we have this concept of change as being a singular event, something that happens and you are changed or you make a decision to change. It ain't ever that easy. It ain't ever that singular. We... We get there might this be a moment that does change you, but it is uh, that is rare. I I would submit that <clears throat> even then it's not it's not an on off switch. We have this tendency towards black and white thinking, mm -hmm. and then you know you can lose a limb and still have like a ghost limb. Like your brain still thinks that, that it's there afterwards. Like sure, like if that's not an example of uh, <laughs> of how hard it is, <laughs> you'd think like yeah, yeah, that's. That's, that's actually kind of a cool example. Um, and yet we have so many stories of butterfly effects where something small happens, we go back in time and change one little thing, and then so many other things change in the future. When I'm thinking about a time that changed my life, my mom dying, that there, I was a different person the next day than I was before. Still mostly me, but a different me. That kind of thing. But the most of our decisions, uh, there's like, you're right, Link. Like, there's so many different smaller things, right? I, I, there's, I feel like, like you're, you're a combination of many different pieces. Oh, yeah. Right? And maybe. I, yeah. I feel like yeah. Steven Universe Future sort of touches on this. Is like we get into this place where it's like we feel like we've made the change that we want to make in our life and we're, you know, closer to the version of ourselves that we want to be. And then you have something happens and you have a moment where you react in a way that you thought you had changed from. And and because of this tendency towards black and white thinking, it's like, oh, I never changed at all. I was I, I gaslit myself into thinking I was a better person. It's like, no, 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 no. It is so, so much more complex than that. And like I said in the beginning, is like learning to be compassionate about that stuff is really that is where I have found the most ability to actually make meaningful changes mm -hmm. is recognizing like if you do something that you're like, oh, that's not really what I want to do or that's not really the the belief I wanted to have inside that I'm holding on to is like you can still change and grow and still those pieces exist and that doesn't lessen the change or growth that you've experienced is is people are multifaceted and complex and there will be times where you will be very tired and you will <laughs> say something that you're like wow I literally just repeated something my dad said to me or wow I really just pulled this belief straight out of that you know YA novel 
that I read when I was 12. And I've just held on to that little nugget this whole time. And I don't really want to hold on to that nugget anymore. It's like, that's okay. That doesn't invalidate the the changes that you have made, the stuff that you've mm-hmm. been introspective about. And, and yeah, I just... I feel like sometimes we are so mean to ourselves mm-hmm. where it's just like I'm not living up to this perfect idealized f- fictional version of who I think that I'm supposed to be or who that I want to be and it's like yeah it's fictional it is it is it's fictional and yeah learning to be <laughs> kinder to yourself about it like you're not going to hit it every time and like maybe really actually pump yourself up when you do do the thing that's like that is who I want to be that is the behavior I want to exhibit that is the belief I want to express to other people so that they take it and ripple it forward through time and community it's like be excited about those moments too and not just hateful towards the stuff that you feel like you have failed at I talk to clients all the time about how we have spent however many years and decades wiring our brains the way they are. And once you decide you want to start this process of growing and changing these behaviors and thoughts and all of that, like, it's going to take time to rewire all of that. And it's not a, a linear process. It's not like you're all of a sudden going to be thinking, if your thought is that, I'm a horrible person, you're not going to be thinking, I'm a great person over and over and over again. You're going to have a moment where you don't feel so great about yourself. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that you can't get back to thinking, I'm a capable, confident person um, at some point. Uh, Yeah. One thing Josue was talking about reminded me of, um, tell me why, when you were talking about the idea of having thoughts and remembering things with your family that wasn't real, like it it wasn't real. Um, I can't remember all of what you said, but it was like, oh, wow. And that is tell me why. And that is tell me why. And that is tell me why. Because they're trying to figure out what happened when they were kids and they saw it a completely different way. And they're having converse, they're having their memories and reliving each other's memories and getting to know what other people in the town thought about their mom and what happened. And those are events that clearly changed their lives. Um, And they didn't always remember it right. Um, And they chose to be different. And yet they still act some of how they did when they were kids. Uh, I'm I'm reading two books right now that... uh came to mind one is called the the science of trust it's by john gottman and he talks about a a positive and negative sentiment bias and it's kind of like you start in in a way it's like you remember only the negative or you remember mostly the positive and so you you create just because of the way memory works and and the way you're you're replaying it in your head you can create completely different versions of of an event or i would argue a person um, over time where you remember more negative than positive. Then reading this other book called Positive Intelligence. And I really like it because uh, it has this aspect of, of something that I like about rational motive behavior therapy by Albert Ellis, where they use a lot of math. It's like, sometimes you'll say like, oh, I'm a bad person. And an RBC therapist might be like, prove it to me. <laughs> and you're like, what do you mean? It's like, how many times did you do bad things today? You know, and it's like I want I, w- I want you to quantify it, add them up, show me. You know, it's like, oh, you did three bad things all day. How many good things that you do? And you're like, I don't know. Like you start going through and you're like fifty. And it's like, and you're a bad person. Like w- w- that doesn't make any sense. Like you're not convincing me that you're a bad person. But in the in positive intelligence, it talks about like these different healthy versus unhealthy exercises and it talks about you know kind of if you keep track of them that there's a there's a there's a number there's a threshold once you start doing two healthy actions for every negative action it like you start that's really when you when when the change starts happening in your behavior and in your way of thinking and in your and your mental health in in general and i like that framing of it there's never like the goal is never to get a perfect score. The goal is never to score overnight. It's just that 
you're doing more of the, you know, you're moving more in one direction than the other because you're always going to go into, into, into both. And it is a super long, uh, process. I, I, I've talked about, and, and I, there's a blog post I wrote somewhere about this. There was one time when I was, um, uh, I was trying to lose weight and, and this is one of those things where people like, you know, any, any small change and they, they feel like completely derailed. And, uh, I remember like feeling kind of, uh, hopeless about, about making a change. And I was watching an episode of Dr. Who and it's right at the end of Dana, David Tennant's run. And in, in the show, like, uh, when you regenerate, when, when it changes from like one version of the doctor to the other, like, well, like you said before, like, you know, like, Change, so maybe some change can happen in a moment. And so it, technically in the show, it, it does. Like there's like kind of a flash and, you know, might take a, a few seconds, but it, it switches from one person to the other. But when, when this happened with David Tennant, something happened and then he looks at himself and he's like, oh, it's happening. It started. And he just looks at him and he knows that now he, he, his process, it's like, it's a process. And then for an hour, <laughs> he's still, he's still on screen, traveling through time, through the universe, visiting friends, putting things in order. Like he, there's so many different things that he does. And it, it reminded me at a time when I needed a good reminder of that, that, that it doesn't, that no change happens instantaneously, that it is, it is a, a process. And I love the idea that like, you know, he's regenerating for an hour. He kind of, he feels that it's happening, you know, but he's going to, it, and then, then in the end, it, you know, you, you, you get the flash of the, on the show, but, but it is, it's definitely not, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Even, even if your circumstances change or the context changes in a moment, that doesn't change everything. You aren't mm-hmm. a completely different person. There's so many things, um, you know, like sometimes you lose somebody and sometimes for a moment you forget that they're, that they're dead. You forget that they're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that can happen a long time after, you know, it, it, you know, if we're using that as an example. So imagine if that, if something like that can happen just with any change, you, sometimes you, you doesn't matter how conscious you are of it. Like still unconsciously, there's a, there, there may be a part of you that reverts and it's, that's again, accepting that that is the way it is. And then it's how you deal with that. Like if, uh, I like that you always point that out, uh, um, a link about how we, we should be compassionate, compassionate, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, towards that. Like, for, like forgive yourself for like forgetting that you, you said you were never going to do that again <laughs> and you did it. It's like, yeah, but that's okay. I can do it you never didn't... again from now on until yeah, the next the idea time. Of, <laughs> the idea of like falling off the wagon is 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 not helpful because it's not mm-hmm. just get back on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why doesn't anybody get back on? It's a wagon. It doesn't have to move very fast. How fast is that thing mm-hmm. going? Yeah. Come on. Did you break something when you fell off the wagon? Come on. It's, it's funny that you brought the wagon <laughs> metaphor because I, I have my notes Oh. My notes, and I, I wrote out notes beforehand, but then as we were talking, um, I don't even remember who said what that got me to write this down, but I wrote down uh, Euphoria, um, which is a fantastic show. The second season just finished, but it is a story about addiction, and there is an ongoing plot, emotional experience of talking about the idea of wanting to change having the desire to change versus having addiction, a disease that does not give you all of the power that you need to necessarily enact that desired change and how other people will project onto you about that stuff. And I think that that's something that's important to talk about with people is, is the sort of internal versus external changes is like there are things that you you can change you have the power to reframe your thinking you have the the power to introspect about you know your attitudes and beliefs and there are things that are external to you that's other people dying you don't have control over that um and sort of 
recognizing that all of those things are happening at the same time and being able to sort of process that within those contexts is like, is, is this change that I want? Is this something that is, you know, purely internal? Is this a change that has to happen outside of myself? Do I need to change my environment? And that's the only way that the change is going to happen. Like all of these things impact each other. Nothing exists in a vacuum. I think Euphoria does a really good job of talking about that kind of stuff. In the last episode, we 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 talked about this too. But like, doesn't matter how bad you want to, you may want to do something. Sometimes, sometimes the all the pieces are in place that make it easier than than not. And it's like not all the pieces, just like as things, everything is is adding up together. And sometimes the balance shifts in one way or the other. And it's like it's too, it's too hard right now. Now I can actually do it. And you don't, yeah, it's hard to control a lot of those factors sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, you guys are bringing up oh, so many good points. Like, my, I, I feel my brain just going, like, oh, I, I, this is like a talk about, oh, no, but then you bring up this one thing and then it's like, no, I want to talk about this. And, um, but, um, Link, when you were kind of talking about like euphoria and like how well it does to highlight these, this idea of like changing and like you're saying about like being able to forgive ourselves and be compassionate about, you know, making those mistakes of like acting on behaviors that kind of we just kind of grew up with or that we kind of quote unquote know best. Um, this is where like I brought up earlier about the good place and I feel like at the end of the the series like that's kind of what they kind of showcase and highlight of like having these people as they die like have to go through these trials over and over and over again because they and, and at the end of every trial they have this meet they have that sit down meeting of like okay here's what you did that was good here's what you did that was bad and like you keep going through it until that that overall change actually starts to stick you know and you see that with like the the main characters and you see how like in the beginning like they all have their issues um you know they all have their own problems that they sort of fall back on those old old behaviors and then over the course of the entire show you see the slow but gradual process of change and and trying to be better people and then you have like you know, like that one guy at the end, uh, God, what was his name? Like Pat or something like that, where like he's just a complete sleazeball, um, complete misogynist and everything. And then like you even see like a little passing glimpse of like him going through like his 500th plus trial. And like he's still not quite there because he's still not ready or willing to make that change. And so like you see how like for him, like his process is a lot longer. And for some people, it's like, you know, they go through it a few times and, and because they're motivated to make that change that they're willing to do that. And it's also like, even when they screw up, they're still willing to try to forgive themselves and try to move on and say, okay, you know what? I screwed up this one time and I'm going to do, do my best to try to be better the next time around when, when these sort of things come up. Um, and I don't know, you, I, I feel like there's just so much there and, now I'm pinballing back over to the stuff that Jose was talking about here of like having the mostly negative or the mostly positive sort of like experiences and sort of like that sort of paints the picture of what our past or what our memories sort of look like. Um, and then they kind of put it back in, in my own personal experience. I, I think it's because I have such negative connotations towards my dad that that's why it's I'm finding it easier to pick up on the negative habits. It's because that's that's all I'm choosing to like that's all I've chosen to sort of highlight. That's all I've chosen to sort of like associate with him. Even though I can, you know, objectively say, No, there's some good traits with him. No, I I know I have these very distinct good memories with him. Yet they're so like I choose to completely overshadow all of that and completely neglect those or push them to the side and say, however, here's all here's this giant laundry list of, of terrible things that he's done that I choose to then associate with him. And, and I feel like that's why, like, 
when it comes to the habits, like I'm trying to pick out the good things that he's done and, and apply them to me. <laughs> but I'm so used to thinking of him in such a negative way that I feel like now that's why I'm taking on more of the negative traits. Just because some things are seem similar doesn't mean that you are like him. Yeah, and I mean, like, I can objectively say, like, I know I'm not like him, even though I have these traits that are similar, and they're influenced by his thing. I think, like, what you were talking about um, from the book of of having those negative or positive connotations towards a memory, and given the fact that I have a lot of memories, most of them negative, and I've and because I've chosen to actively go against the playbook that was given to me for so many years, I have, with a passion, have decidedly made every single one of those memories especially negative. Because I'm like, I know for a fact that that's not what I want to do. That's not how I want to be as a person, as a as a partner, um, as anything sort of moving forward in my life. So I've chosen to, so like, kind of like you said, where I chose to go the exact opposite route. So everything that I saw that he was, I'm like, I'm going to be the opposite of that. Um, and I think, I think when we watched, uh, like, Sometimes we'll get a reaction. I, I, I think it, it's, it makes sense to be that reactive to something because it, it is such a negative part for you, right? It, it, is, it is a trigger, right? So like when we talk about um, like, oh, trigger warnings and things like that, like it's really hard to have those conversations because for different people, it's, we're going to react differently because they remind us of things, usually very, very negative things even if they're similar, it doesn't have to be exactly the same. Um, so, so like that, that makes sense to me. And, and, uh, you know, the, the worse the, the experience or the more reactive we are to them, the, again, it's not, I, I mean, you're talking about the experience in, in real life that you're, you're seeing it happen and you're like, ah, oh, damn it. Or, or like, like you said before, like, oh, I sound like, you know, this, I, I said something that I, you know, exactly like this other person. And when that happens, it, it jumps out at you. Like your brain is, is reacting to it and, and, um, learning to, to manage that is, uh, is pretty helpful too. Uh, I think it goes in with the, the compassion piece. It kind of goes along with something uh, one of my therapists told me once is that when we're in this window of tolerance, we're able to do the things we want to do, make the changes, have that executive function, be mm. like, this is how I want to be. And if you get de-escalated and you're outside that window of tolerance, you're frustrated, you go back to the playbook you're given and so it's about trying to manage and figure out how to stay in that window, how to expand the window, make the window bigger so that you're not always having to work off that playbook when you're frustrated or upset yeah. or triggered or whatever the case may be. Um, yep. And the hey, more examples you have of ways to respond, then no. you have a different playbook you can pull from while you're at the edge of that window, about to jump out the window. <laughs> I think that's such an important thing to touch on is like we, human beings, we only experience what we experience, right? Is like your lived life and the media you consume and the people around you and the stories they tell you, those all affect who you are and how you understand the world as you move through it. More experiences mean more choices, more options, more ideas about how things can be and you know that's one of the reasons why you know i think it's so important that we consume diverse media is because we need diverse experiences to be able to help us shape and understand the world we live in um you know you only really generally get one set of parents i you know i've got a couple of extras mm -hmm. <laughs> some other people mm -hmm. get a few spares but you don't really get that many examples personally, right? It's mostly you have what you lived through and then maybe, you know, 
Danny Some Tanner. family, friends, parents, or <laughs> Family whatever. guy, you know, is like, those are the little bits you have. But the more life you live and the more people you interact with and the more stories you hear, the better you're able to recontextualize, like, this idea that I have of how things are or how people behave is, like, pretty narrow. And there is so much more out there that is possible. Uh yeah. I think uh, I'll start wrapping us up. I don't, I don't know if this is a good place to end, but I've been playing Elden Ring. <laughs> the latest <laughs> soul <laughs> game. Okay. And I got to the first boss like maybe an hour, hour and a half in, and I just beat it 10 hours into the game. Oh. So it took me nine hours Wait. to to beat the first boss. This is, oh, this is, I'm sorry. Nope. You said okay. beat it. I'm like, you beat it already? No, no, the no, no. Boss. The first boss. Okay. It took me like eight or nine hours to beat the first boss. And uh, to do that, uh, I, don't, I don't know. When I started, I could only play with what I had. And then I, I spent hours grinding and learning and accumulating new knowledge literally in the game. <laughs> leveling up to all that kind of stuff. And then I still only beat him because I kind of cheated in a way. I mean, didn't cheat, but you know, like within you the game's it. world, I cheesed it. I cheesed it, definitely. Yeah. A, a, a summon pretty much poisoned, and I just stayed away while he, while he died slowly. But I beat it. I beat it. It took me 10 hours to learn how to kind of just get past that part. Maybe not the way I, I wanted to, but I was able to overcome that. I've been I've been seeing my uh, my current therapist twice a week for about a year now, and I'm not sure at what point I uh, I started noticing the mistakes that I had made shortly after I had already made them. But at least I was noticing that I was that I had done them with not like days or weeks later. But like sometimes hours later or moments later. And now I'm at the point where sometimes I can stop myself before I do it. Change is hard. It's hard work. Um, it is really, really. And we don't remember how, how much uh, effort our brains and, and bodies went into the, the first version. Um, and so it it's just it is a lot of work. Is it possible? I think I think in almost all circumstances it is possible to change your you can only change yourself <laughs> and uh and your behaviors and 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 even your beliefs. Uh but it's hard work. It's really hard work. And you can I think you can be a different person. I was I remember believing things that I don't believe anymore. I remember doing things in ways that I didn't do them before. I know languages now that I didn't know years ago. You know, my our bodies change, et cetera. Like there's there's a lot of but but it's it's hard work. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Closing thoughts. Okay. Well, thank you. Great Mark, topic for, for bringing up mm -hmm. this topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rich the media reference list on this one is gonna be pretty long. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, you know, when when you were saying like, oh yeah, just just give us a topic and we'll talk about. It. I'm like, uh, wait, hold on, I don't know what to, what to talk about. Um, I mean, I've been listening to the show for for a couple years, and you'd think I would be like, oh yeah, I got I I get an idea of what the topic should be like, are kind of like, and I, I got this down. Then you present me with the, the opportunity, and I'm like, I mm, mm, what what are words? What mm -hmm. what's a question to ask? I I don't know things. You did fine. You'll do you. It'll do. Can I just give you a little secret? That is us. All of us every week. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? <laughs> There's, you feel like you're competent at a thing, and then you have to do the thing, and you're like, oh no, am I though? Ooh. 
you are that's actually i believe you every single day that will be you in your job every single day for the rest of your life mark i know what is in store for you (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's like proof of like you are being introspective which is a good thing Mm -hmm. it's a step in a direction that of change yeah. yeah, my therapist tells me that like I'm. She says that like I'm very like. She's like oh, I'm really glad that you're like having these sort of thoughts because it's showing that like you are being like very introspective and you're, and you're being very like you're 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 aware of all these things. I'm like cool. I'm aware about it. Now what do I do about it? Keep working at it. And that's that's it's, that's it's uncomfortable, but it is proof that you. are are doing the work mm-hmm. that is the work more awareness more like Josue is talking about you know it took that months practice. weeks days hours <laughs> now like minutes you know awareness. i feel like therapy has made me more philosophical shout out to all our therapists all of <laughs> <laughs> oh all right thank you for joining us everyone thank you for listening uh for more geek therapy, visit geektherapy.org. Uh, talk to us about this uh, in all of our community spaces. You can find those in the show notes. Remember to geek out and do good. We'll be back next week. Bye. Geek Therapy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place through geek culture. To learn more about our mission and become a supporter, visit geektherapy.org.